to Biohack Your Beauty, Episode 1. I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp, and I am here to help you find the most powerful beauty biohacks, nutrition principles, lifestyle habits, and spiritual practices for optimal well-being. My mission is to inspire you to discover and embrace your own innate powers of longevity, self-optimization, and radiant vitality. This show has been brought to you by Shazandu a line of the highest quality, wild-crafted, and organic products. Shizandu is dedicated to using only the purest ingredients, and their activated charcoal powder has amazing beautifying benefits, including teeth whitening, maintaining healthy digestion, and rejuvenating the skin and hair. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I have a very strong charcoal game. I love their products. Check out Shazandu products at shazandu.com and use discount code DORA, D-O-R-A, for 12% off your order. Today's featured guest is Nadine Artemis. Nadine Artemis is the creator of Living Libations, an exquisite line of serums, elixirs, and essential oils for those seeking the purest of the pure botanical health and beauty products on the planet. She develops medicinal blends for health and wellness, and her revolutionary approach presents a new paradigm for beauty and skincare. Nadine is the author of Holistic Dental Care, and most recently, Renegade Beauty, a comprehensive resource for anyone who wants to discover the true path to radiant beauty and vitality. Here are some of the questions that will be answered on the show today. How is your immune system connected to the appearance of your skin? What are the most powerful things to stop doing if you want to improve your skin and your health? What is the microbiome and why is it so important to take care of when it comes to anti-aging? What do acne, blackheads, age spots, eczema, rosacea, melasma, psoriasis, and dandruff all have in common? Does your heritage affect how your skin ages? Are probiotics necessary for healthy skin? Is the sun harmful or helpful in maintaining youthful skin? When should you use sunscreen? What diet choices cause rapid aging of the skin? How can you increase your circulation? How can you reduce cellulite, spider veins, and varicose veins? And what are Nadine's top beauty biohacks? I hope you enjoy listening to the show. Without further ado, Nadine Artemis. Welcome to the show, Nadine. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I would love to start the show off by asking, what was your journey into natural beauty like, and how did you come to love creating skin and beauty care? Well, I feel like, yeah, it was a, it was like a early journey, and um, I'm so glad that it happened early because then I could uh, focus on that for my life's work so far. And, you know, there was a couple moments I really, you know, not moments per se, but they seem like just moments now, but they were obviously longer at the time. But like I really basked in nature as a child and was always mixing concoctions. And if I wasn't outside, I was, you know, raiding my mother's cabinets and mixing my own stuff from her precious skincare um, products. And um, then in grade nine, I did a project on perfume. I found a a book more geared towards kids um so it was really easy to understand and um there's a whole chapter on perfume and I was really I collected perfumes I had all the commercial perfumes and all the tiny bottles and I would mix and play with them but reading this chapter I was really became enamored and intrigued at 
understanding the history of perfume and where perfume came from and that it was actually made from plants because <laughs> you don't really get that you didn't really know that you know in the decade a few <laughs> decades ago when it was all just like you know Christian Dior poison and Giorgio Armani <laughs> and Dracar Noir mm-hmm. and they just were all smelly liquids mm-hmm. so that was really intriguing and the book said to get essential oils which would be the equivalent to the distillations used in in ancient Egypt and um and different historic like different cultures histories that that's how they would make perfume from Abyssinia who was a Persian perfumist and a physician and astronomer and he actually invented how to uh, distill rose essential oil anyway the book suggested to to find you know these essential oils they would probably be at a health food store and so we we went to the health food store and got these very very basic essential oils but that was my first whiff of smelling something that wasn't synthetic you know if it wasn't outside of course and that was really intriguing to me and to my nose. I was smelling neroli and orange and ylang, and they were gorgeous. And, you know, my young nose didn't quite, and my intellect at the time didn't quite understand the difference between synthetics and naturals. Um, but my nose and um, I think like, you know, the, 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 you have the olfactory bulb and then the pineal gland right above it. And there was just this resonance that was like really speaking to my body about that this was different. Anyway, I remade L'Air de Temps with the essential oils for the Science Fair project and did really well. And then, you know, my life continued exploring like skincare and I loved, you know, giving my girlfriends makeovers on the back of the bus Mm -hmm. for school Mm -hmm. trips and that kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really excited about the body shop back then. But then when I got to university, I was really, really looking at ingredients and what I was eating and how to really look at everything in the supermarket and that most of the stuff was just coming from about five corporations and then really understanding that like what seemed healthy, like all brand cereal, you know, as opposed to Fruit Loops, um, you know, that it was, and then really if when you look at that label and you see all those ingredients and what they mean and where the fiber actually comes from, so once I really understood like where the food was coming from and labels and understanding that like if cheese was listed on a soup, um, you didn't have all those ingredients. And so that really made me look at my body care. Wow. That's amazing that you made that connection so early on, because I think a lot of people still don't have that understanding that it what you put in your body is so connected to you know the way that you feel and the way that you look so that's amazing that you had that understanding so young Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for it and um, then I realized that you know what I thought was natural the cucumber face toner Mm -hmm. the fuzzy peach bath oil you know had never never been impeached <laughs> and the pineapple face wash had never seen a, a pineapple mm-hmm. and the cucumber face toner was just filled with um, synthetic alcohol. And um, so really understanding that all of these um, products were really, dr- were really chemicals dressed in false finery. Yeah. So, you know, I purged this petroleum promise land from my bathroom and 
it was really a whole, in a whole month's time. I, I ate organic, like this whole process in a month happened. Obviously it got more refined and more refined, but I stopped, you know, I stopped eating processed food. I only ate organic. And then I started creating my own um, body care products. Wow. And then of course, then that was a whole realm to explore because then you, you know, you really go into essential oils mm-hmm. beyond your grade nine science project. And, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a lot available back in the day. So that was a lot of research and writing to different distillers in different countries because there wasn't an internet back then. And, um, you know, really honing it in and then receiving essential oils that were exotic because I had to just smell ones that I would read about like Angelica or Immortal, but then also getting in different, um, you know, raw materials or like a shea butter that actually wasn't rancid or like a lemongrass or a bergamot or tea tree or a lavender. And they were so real because I was connecting with like artisan distillers and, and people that were, you know, fourth and fifth generation distillers rather than what, often happens is that the essential oil market is really for the food and flavor industry. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of gains in the folding and refractionating and refining and making nature identicals and adulterating or taking a component of an oil like menthol from peppermint and then adding that and making a different kind of peppermint mm-hmm. or, you know, taking the citral from a lemongrass and then making that into Melissa. So there's a lot of stuff in there that even when you're think you're buying a real essential oil, you may not be. Um, and so it was really refining, you know, my, the scale of my nose and, and connecting with all these wonderful producers and distillers around the world. So then I started importing that and making things. And then by the time I graduated, I had, um, opened North America's first full concept aromatherapy store and, uh, went on from there. (laughs) That's a beautiful story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. And you are just such a wealth of knowledge because I, you know, think of how long you've been doing this and then even being able to smell an essential oil and know whether it's good or not. That's a pretty cool skill to have. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I really feel like everybody has that skill. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we just need to get out of the way of our intellect because we want to be like, well, what does it say in the book? What does this do? you know, or uh, what does the lab test say, or what are the properties that the book lists. And really, when we inhale the essential oil, it really, if we just sit with it for a moment, or you don't, don't even sit with it, you know what I mean? Just like really <laughs> just inhale it without the thought, without all that history and knowledge, and just be with it. And if you smell like five different lavenders or that kind of thing, you're mm. really going to know which is the real one. Oh, how cool. Well, I'm going to have to try that then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would like to talk a little bit about the foundation of the health and condition of our skin, which is the microbiome. And why is it so important to take care of our microbiome? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. And I, f- I feel it's a really important thing because we're definitely coming out of... Um, you know, some a great education from the past few decades that has really spoken to the toxicity of toiletries. Mm. And I, you know, I don't think we always, I'm sure somebody knew, but we didn't always know. I mean, the history of poison and toxicity in cosmetics is, you know, even beyond. So synthetics came into being around the turn of the century. And uh, that's really when you got the division between um, what was 
sort of, or what is now like pharmaceutical and medicinal as opposed to like botanical and plant-based. So do you know what I mean? Like for Mm -hmm. a millennia, perfume and medicine were really seen as one and the same. Mm -hmm. And the perfumer and like in, you know, I'm being general, but in different cultures, the perfumer was the medicine maker, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's like a South American shaman or a a pre, you know, an Egyptian uh, priest. So they, you know, medicine was the perfume and the perfumer was the medicine maker. And when I learned this, I mean, I found that just fascinating. And that really compelled me to recreate formulas of ancient ointments so I could just catch a whiff of what like life was like. Um, and then you really realize like this separation so that at that turn of the century when synthetics were made, the beauty preparations were, were, were starting to be separated from the fruits of creation. Mm-hmm. And then our skin, the sentinel of our immune system really suffered because beauty remedies were once sluiced from sap and pressed from petals. And so, you know, presently, and for a lot of the past hundred years, um, what we've applied to our body has really become lifeless liquids, a miss of reverence and chock full of ingredients that disrupt our microbiome. And um, they can poison and mutate the moist envelope of our soul, which is what I think of as our skin. And so the history, you know, even before the turn of the century, you know, there's moments where there's, you know, mercury and lead and arsenic in beauty preparations. Yeah. And then with the advent of synthetics, we now know, you know, in, in modern times, we know that there are endocrine disruptors and that parabens have been, you know, disrupting our breast tissue or our livers um, and our whole, whole, whole hormonal system. So that's sort of what we've known. And that's why we're like, oh, you know, that sort of that green beauty movement obviously came out of a lot of that. Oh, I don't want to put that on my body, that kind of thing. But now with this revolutionary research about the microbiome, um, which has really been research for the, you know, we've gotten a lot of understanding about the microbiome in the past 20 years. And it's, it's one of the biggest growing areas of science and understanding the human body. And now what we realize is, you know, we really are literally crawling with critters <laughs> on a microscopic level. Yeah. And we need that. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of 1940s germ warfare theory of like, you know, kill the germ. <laughs> it's just like we forgot about yeah. everything else. And that's sort of been our modern approach to things. It's like, you know, from factory farming and pesticides, our soil is depleted depleted of microbes and so rather than re repopulating those microbes right it's just like more and more pesticides right so that's kind of been our approach to our body whether that's our skin or a virus you know or something with our guts or something in our mouths or a yeast infection you know if we're talking about vaginal microbiome So it's been this like combat, but now like, you know, kill it with the Listerine mouthwash. But now what we know, whether we're talking about skin or oral care or gut health, is that it's all connected to the microbes in our body. And we really need to tend to this garden. We need to bask in what is replenishing us and really, you know, step out of the way so that every time we're applying a lotion, we're not mutating the microbes. 
And all skin imbalances, you know, whether that's acne or age spots, eczema, rosacea, melasma, uh, dermatitis, psoriasis, um, fungal infections and blackheads, clogged pores, dandruff, all that stuff and more are really all manifestations of microbial imbalance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what we need to look at, you know, mm -hmm. and some of that can be deep. You're inheriting your uh, the matriarchal, the matrilineal microbiome. And so when we go through the birth canal, that's when we get our initial inoculation. Then that's supposed to be further the that's our microbiome, the genome. That's uh, our maternal microbiome's genome. And we want to activate that with breast milk. So, you know, whether your grandmother was taking antibiotics or if you were born by cesarean or if you've had like the like typical North Americans that have had about seven to eight courses of antibiotics before they're 10 years old. Wow. All of that yeah. is going to affect your, yeah. you know, teenage and adult and well, your skin, even your, you know, your baby skin. Babies have eczema sometimes and that kind of stuff. So we really want to like. Re, you know, we've really got to rethink because every toner, every harsh alcoholic toner, every exfoliant with plastic exfoliating beads, every product with methylparabens and all these petroleum derived ingredients mm -hmm. are messing with the microbiome. Yeah. And then that's creating a vicious cycle or we're showering in chlorine, which kills off the uh, friendly flora that keep our skin dry. Yeah. I mean, not dry, you know, so it's like a whole thing and basically like everything we've been doing has been disrupting that. Yeah. And so I know you recommend um, getting a shower filter because mm -hmm. the showering chlorine and, and um, you know, the ammonia from the chlorine and all of that is really very detrimental to the microbiome. What would you recommend somebody use on their skin to like moisturize and cleanse and nourish the microbiome? Yeah, so it's really good to get a sh uh, shower filter, and um, it's really you know great too if you're experiencing dandruff and that kind of thing. I mean, that could be the that could even just clear it up. So uh, yeah, we want. I have like a thing that I call stop, seal, and seed, and so it's kind of like we're talking about the things we want to stop right now. So the so to regenerate the microbiome and allow it to thrive and allow your microbiome to be your beautician because nothing understands your skin more than your microbiome. So you really want to maintain a diverse and bustling bacterial culture in your guts and on your skin. And so you want to stop showering with chlorine. You want to um, stop using soap. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to soap your face Mm -hmm. ever or like your thigh or your for you know like your body skin where you save the soap for and you just want to use like a natural bar soap um you just use like pits and bits and you know scrubbing your nails that kind of thing mm -hmm. so that's where soap comes in handy and again you don't want to be using something with like sodium lauryl sulfate and you just there's no need to like you know scrub your skin shin skin <laughs> so, <laughs> you want to let that be and then what you want to use um because that obviously is the next question <laughs> well how am I going to wash my face <laughs> is you want to use oil mm -hmm. which uh, you know especially for people with like acne they're like what <laughs> right but um, and of course yeah <laughs> not all oils are created equal 
Um, you know, because, uh, there's like petroleum, you could, there's petroleum oil stuff, or there's also, we really have to look at like not applying questionable natural products just because there's a image of a lavender fields on the label doesn't mean that there's real lavender inside. And, um, you know, even certified organic skincare only has to be 70% organic and methyl parabens are allowed in there. So you really want to look like at the full label, not just the front and not just the hyped up active ingredients, which, you know, they're like, oh, it's got calendula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they put that really big in your face. Right. And like, don't look at this little stuff mm-hmm. on the back. Yeah. And that the calendula is like nearly the last ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, think like oils like rapeseed or peach kernel, almond, they're often rancid and refined with solvents and fillers. So you want to avoid that. You, I mean, my favorite is jojoba and, you know, to the jojoba, you could add like rosehip or, or virgin coconut oil, but you really, jojoba is so great because it's actually a liquid wax. Mm. Um, and so its stability is, is for decades if it's stored properly. So that means you're not putting rancid oil on your skin, which would then generate free radicals. Mm -hmm. The other great thing about jojoba, it is, it is so symbiotic to our skin's sebum. And so it really helps to unplug pores and balance the skin tone out. And, um, you know, when we, when we scrub and when we over exfoliate and we, when we use soap, what studies now are seeing, especially with the study of the microbiome, is that we're seeing that the surfactants are actually getting lodged into the stratum corneum. That's the very, very top layer of the epidermis. Mm. And um, so the studies show that the surfactants are dissolving our skin's ceramides and hydrolipid barrier. Mm. And they are are inserting themselves kind of like these splinters into the stratum corneum and they stay there even after rinsing. So that means if soap's being used on a daily basis, it's just this buildup, this, wow. you know, microscopic buildup that can result in, un- you know, it may, for some, it may be something like it's give, creating an acne, mm-hmm. but again, it's going to be, this is like, right. We've been doing this for years and for months, so we got to undo it. And for some, it could just be like uneven skin tone or Mm -hmm. that patch of dry red skin, you know? So for, for everybody, it's going to show up in different ways. For some, it could just be because of the surfactants are getting into their scalp and they may have dandruff. Um, but it it can cause irritation and inflammation. Mm -hmm. And then the chronic, if we keep doing it, chronic damage to that layer really harms our skin's first immune responders because what we what we also want to keep in mind is that this moist envelope of our soul is a huge part of our immune system and so it's funny it's not funny funny but you know we've got it's like us (laughs) it's like us it's like I just sometimes I imagine on a microscopic level you know the big the big human giant hand comes along and like slathers on the petroleum yes. lotion and they're all like, ah, why? <laughs> yeah. So it's like us yeah. affecting our own immune system. Yeah. And that's and not something people realize at all, how much no. it's connected. Yeah. There's something where we just, it's like our teeth and our skin. We kind of just feel like they're like, a, like, not quite alive. Yeah. Like as much as the rest of our inside of our body or something like there's some, a bit of a disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so we want to have the integrity of our top layer of our skin because that's part of our immune system. And I feel like when we don't have that 
intact the integrity of the top layer of our skin then it's kind of like going on vacation but leaving the front door open oh yeah totally yeah that's a great analogy absolutely yeah because we don't have all like our whole system working and when we're scrubbing and exfoliating with all that modern skincare stuff um we really are like you know we're we're taking away it's kind of gross but we're taking away you know the food supply Mm -hmm. and we need those dead skin cells. Like obviously there's some we don't need, but there's like, you got to kind of let it, you don't want to, you can just gently exfoliate with like a, a rough, like a rougher or like a face cloth, you know, with the oil on it. It's like your exfoliation should be like that. You don't want to be doing chemical peels or like really hardcore, like sanding of your skin because then also we're, uh, we're letting the um, mature cells leave too quickly and the young cells underneath aren't developed enough. So they're, they're left stressed and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so then that next layer of skin, that's sort of growing for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Growing is the right word, but you know, that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not going to be as strong and stable as it should be because, you know, we've taken away the food supply and then that just creates a vicious cycle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned jojoba and, um, coconut oil because those are really stable and um, you in your book Renegade Beauty mm-hmm. the most amazing book ever um, oh, <laughs> um, you talk about uh, olive oil as well and I'm a little traumatized yes. about by using olive oil because I'm just so afraid it's rancid yeah or it's not yeah. real <laughs> so how can you tell what, what what's a way to know if that's a quality olive oil and and how would you know whether it's fresh and and good to use on your skin? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like there's a website that I may have had in that book that's like helps to people find real olive oil. Mm -hmm. It may have been in the footnotes, but generally you want to look for organic, but it doesn't guarantee it all the time, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And small, Mm -hmm. you know, like a small Greek producer, you know, you don't want to walk into um, what's the name of a food store there in the States? Um, Safeway. Safeway, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, and buy it there. But even at like Whole Foods, you'd yeah. have to really look. I mean, you know, or buy direct from, uh, you know, their we- a website or something. But there's like, there, you know, like I'm, I'm again, I'm not promoting anybody per se, but there's like Barini, which is a beautiful California olive oil. And mm-hmm. there's like Silverleaf, which is a great Greek olive oil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, you can find the real deal. Yeah. And then cold, it's got to be cold pressed, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And virgin and all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and it's got to be a bit of expense, you know, a bit expensive. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, because it's not cut with Mazzola. <laughs> right. So it's going to be a little more. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a good sign if it's a little pricier. <laughs> if it's not really yes. cheap, you probably know, you know, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good indicator. Um, so since the microbiome is bacterial, what about using probiotics on your face? Is that a good thing to do? Or would you rather, would you think it's better to do it and take the probiotic or both? Yeah, well, that's part of the stop, seal, and seed. So that's a really good question. The seeding um, is going to come from ingesting and, and applying probiotics and prebiotics. Mm-hmm. So prebiotics are what feed the probiotics. So mm-hmm. maybe you're taking a probiotic, but you forgot about the prebiotic. And that's something that, you know, you could add to your smoothies or things like, you know, that you can easily get in a powder because mm-hmm. um, you can 
they're often, you can buy, um, like inulin or like chicory root, Mm -hmm. um, Jerusalem artichoke root. Um, so that it's like coming from starches. And so the prebiotics feed and multiply the probiotics. So if you are taking probiotics and they just help it and enhance it and sort of, um, yeah, it's better economically as well because Mm -hmm. they're making them more effective. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so take them. And I really feel like we do need to repopulate because, you know, there's so many things in modern life from, you know, GMOs to, again, what we've inherited to a course of antibiotics we may have taken, you know, even 20 years ago. They all affect um, the health of our microbiome. And we really want to think about diversifying and repopulating, Mm -hmm. of course, also eating fermented foods. Um, And then applying, you can like take a honey mask has, so honey just naturally has enzymes and prebiotics. And then you can add a probiotic capsule to that or powder, and then you can apply that to your face. You can apply it to a cream and leave it on overnight. um, Because obviously it's not going to be you know, something you're going to walk around in the daytime with if you're going out. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, for oral care too, you can swish, you can oil pull with a prebiotic capsule, that kind of thing. So you really want, you know, probiotics are definitely your friends. Yeah. So if you were going to give somebody a bathroom product makeover, what would be the top three things you would remove and then the top three things you would add? Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> well, I'm sure it would be fun to do. I could do it yeah, for a lot of people I mean. too. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um yeah, it's a good thing to clean out the bathroom and really get a grip on things. I often recommend that. Mm-hmm. So, oh gosh, it's hard with just 3, but um I put 5 and then I crossed out 5 and I put 3. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Well, first of all, I probably just clear out the whole bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> just take it all out. <laughs> just take it all out. Mm-hmm. And um put in a aloe vera plant in there. Mm. Cuz you can just just take off you just take off like a little like half an inch every day and then you can put that on your skin first and then mix it in with your oil. Oh wow. Or you can even cleanse idea. with it. So that's really fun. That's and then um the best skin ever. Uh, we have a variety of them, but um, you know, there's sea buckthorn, rose, frankincense, sandalwood, all kinds. But I'd take one of those, probably just the sea buckthorn because it's our classic. Mm-hmm. And then that will be used for washing and cleansing the face, taking off makeup. And um, that's your body moisturizer when you get out of the bath or the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, it even is great after the sun or in the sun. Even though I have specific ones for the sunshine, <laughs> it would it would just help you a little bit harmonize your skin to the sun or really feel good afterwards. So that's like the one bottle to do it all. Yeah. Men can use it as an aftershave. You can use it as a scalp treatment, put on the hair tips, put it on your nails. And it smells so So that would good. really go far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. And then... Because I've taken away the toothpaste, <laughs> we'd add the like something like the um, healthy gum drops, mm. which you can use as a toothpaste. Okay, we do make toothpaste, but you can use that alone as toothpaste as well. And then that's really powerful for you know anointing the gums afterwards or any area that's like uncomfortable, and it's great for freshening breath. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, perhaps one of our poetic pits so that you don't have to wear the toxic aluminum deodorant anymore. Yay. Yeah. That sounds like a good combination of stuff. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned the sun. 
Let's talk mm-hmm. about the sunshine. Um, how does sun exposure impact our skin? Is it really so bad for our skin? Yeah, it's actually, guess what? Our skin was designed to be exposed <laughs> to sunshine. Yeah. And yet, of course, we constantly deny these warm wavelengths of creation that really our skin and blood and hormones need for this sort of what I like to call cosmic pollination. Mm-hmm. We're really sequestered from the elements, from sun and fresh air and fresh water and engaging with the earth. And uh, the this is like beyond having a good face oil. This, if we just step back, this is what's replenishing you, mm. your microbiome, your spirit, your being. These are the elements of the planet, of our whole ecosystem here. And so that's what we need to do because, you know, you know, a bottle of cream isn't going to really replenish and revive um, your spirit yeah. and the micro and then literally the physiological like microbiome needs it. So when we when we take in sunshine, obviously we want to engage with it wisely Um, it's essential for our vitality. It's essential for our microbiome. It actually nourishes the microbiome Mm. and, um, it purifies our blood. It's sort of like a UV light for our blood. So it's purifying our blood. It activates immune boosting antimicrobial peptides. We all know that it generates vitamin D, Mm -hmm. which is a, it's a steroidal, it's a precursor to the steroidal hormone. It's not really a vitamin. Um, but that's what we call it. So that's okay. <laughs> um, and, um, that is all essential for, for our vitality. And if we don't allow sunbeams to stimulate our skin, then we really do drain our innate immunity. And we actually dry out the skin from our, from the inside, from within, because engaging with the sun creates an internal lubrication. And it's great that we have vitamin D supplements, but We cannot live alone on that because vitamin D supplements are fat soluble. And what our skin gets from engaging with the sun, what we get inside our bodies is we create a uh, water-based vitamin D that further purifies our blood. And so that's really important. And another thing to know is that we have thousands of vitamin D receptors all over our body. And when our skin... And they're empty. If you're not filled with sunshine and vitamin D, those vitamin D receptors get drained and that then it becomes very easy to attack the immune system and get viruses like Epstein-Barr and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's key. And I mean, the studies are like there's over 2000 studies that talk about, you know, having plentiful vitamin D reserves just to like, you know, your risk of breast cancer drops by 50 wow. percent for one example yeah. out of those studies. Yeah. So it's so key to have it be a part of our lifestyle and hygiene and really knowing about those thousands of vitamin D receptors that, that, that are ready to receive those rays and even our pores dilate to receive those sunbeams. So we've really got to look at the, the design of our body and the planet and know that we can trust our relationship with the sun. Mm. And why is sunscreen... Um sometimes not such a good thing because everybody's always got the sunscreen out. I'm like, no sunscreen, you know, and and people are like, but, but you need sunscreen. So can you talk a little bit about why sunscreen might not be the best thing? 
For sure. So again, it's that thing, well, we all know about the chemicals and Hawaii's um, about to ban or put legislation into ban any sunscreen containing oxybenzene because wow. it's killing our coral reefs. Like wow. it's like, again, we're seeing the microcosm and the macrocosm. Yeah. So what we're doing to our skin and then the death of the coral reefs. Mm. So um, there's all the chemicals which are hormone disrupting and blah, blah, blah. But the main issue is that it turns off our own signal, our own body's warning system, which is, hey, the skin gets red. You should leave the sun or put on clothes or go to the shade. And um, what it also does, it blocks all vitamin D. So like you can't generate any vitamin D because the way it works is it separates UVA rays from UVB rays. And mm -hmm. when those two violet rays are separated from each other, then uh, you know, it's like, again, how many times have we isolated something from something and then we get weird, strange side effects. Yeah. So we're just getting the UVA, not the UVB. The UVB is what generates the vitamin D. And UVA all on its own, cre you know, is a little more uh, damaging to the skin. So um, if, you know, I think of the example of like, uh, you know, traffic, like you're all every day you're in this one I think of LA cause it's sunny and you're always driving one way in the sun at like five o'clock. So your arm, one arm, the window arm mm -hmm. has more spots on it. Mm -hmm. And that's because, you know, the window has been closed and the window separates the UVA, UVB. Mm. And so you're just getting the UVA rays. Okay. And so when we're wearing sunscreen all the time, studies show it creates more freckles, more moles, that kind of thing. And then when we're looking at the intense things that the sun has been blamed for what we also have to remember is that what we're offering the sun really matters is your body full of like fruit loops and diet coke and rancid uh polyunsaturated fatty oils like mazola and corn mm. and then you're offering that to the sun so there's going to be a combination there it's sort of like the like cooking with pam like what are you putting on your body and then and you know scrubbing and yeah. all that makeup and the different things and then you're going to the sun and then you're baking that in mm -hmm. you know or are you using like sea buckthorn and coconut oil which are harmonizing your body with those skin rays mm -hmm. and you want to be hydrated and like drinking chlorophyll uh that's a great thing to do in the sunshine keep it so there's like all those subtleties as well there's so many studies like in the lancet and different medical journals that really show that the more recreational sun exposure, the like people that live closer to the equator, all these different things, they have less risk of developing different types of skin cancer. Mm. The people that are higher at risk are um, people that are under fluorescent lighting all day. Right. Yeah. And, and people who are maybe not eating things like chlorophyll or, or deficient in nutrition as well, because that makes you way more susceptible, right, to, mm -hmm. to the sun. And then are well. you in the sun for like six hours with chemical sunscreen? Yeah. You know, yeah. so all of those things and like, what are we baking in? So that we, we make an oil, it's called Everybody Loves the Sunshine. It's just chock full of amazing botanicals that are rich in pigment and really harmonize our skin with the sun's rays. So it can, it's like a tanning oil. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a block in any way, but it could, it, it can extend your time in the sun, but mm -hmm. it's going to be different for everybody, right? For the redhead, they could get maybe 10 minutes, right. <laughs> you know, for the Mediterranean skin tone, they could maybe get an extra hour. Right. Um, so it all depends. And then we make one with zinc and there are other, you know, you could, as long as you're getting um, 
a sunblock with zinc and you want to have it clean and a non-nanoized, non-coated zinc oxide. And then you want to make sure the rest of the ingredients are clean and not rancid because maybe they put it with an almond oil. Mm-hmm or a hemp oil and it's going to be rancid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so what, well, how zinc works is it reflects the rays and scatters them off the body. So you're not, you're not splitting the UVA and the UVB. You're not just getting one ray. You're literally like bouncing it off your skin. Awesome. Yeah. And so that's a good option for, you know, like shoulders or like noses and that, you know, or like that kind of thing that get really exposed if you're Mm -hmm. like in the sun for a long time swimming or, you know, doing different activity. Right. And how much sun would you say if somebody is like listening to this and they're like, oh no, I got to start going out in the sun. I got to start getting vitamin D from the sun. What, where would they start? Would they go in the sun for 10 minutes or should they just go for an hour a day if they can? What? What is kind of the um, ideal amount of time to get your daily vitamin D? You know, it's going to be different for everybody. It's going to, you know, depending on your skin tone, uh, your geographical location, the time of year, and the weather. Mm-hmm. But we take a lot of our cues from um, Dr. Rollier, who had these clinics in Switzerland in the, in the 1920s, where people from or mainly around Europe would come to heal tuberculosis and different uh, rickets and different diseases. So you really start people slowly but surely, starts them in the morning, and you you just do, you could do, uh, it depends, you know, how long you haven't seen the sun, <laughs> but uh, you could just start with your, you know, knee, knee to foot, and then for, you know, five, ten minutes a day, and then, uh, then bring in the rest of your legs, the rest of your body, and if you're really super concerned about your face, you know, wear a hat, do the rest of your body. If you do your whole body, you're going to get, like, enough, Hopefully you have a place where you can be naked. Um, but do what you can, you yeah. know, do what you can when you can. And there's a good app called uh, D minder. Cause of course there's an app and you <laughs> plug in your uh, geographical coordinates yeah. and then it, I, it, it hooks up to some kind of weather network, you know, so it knows the weather that day and it will tell you how long in the sun that day will give you X amount of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, it may not know your skin, so that's where you're going to, you know, as soon as it gets, like, pink to touch. And also, it's good to um, tan up to solar noon, which is often 1 o'clock in people's areas, depending mm-hmm. on um, how you work the time change. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you don't have that much time, to, you know, go around noon because you're going to get really good vitamin D then. Uh, go around, you know, somewhere between 11 and 1 if you don't have as much time. If you've got more time, like obviously an hour, like from 8 to 9 in the morning is going to be quite different than, you know, 12 to 1. Right. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then what about, I wanted to ask a little bit about circulation because a lot mm-hmm. of people that I talk to, especially, um, they have a lot of issues with circulation. And so I wanted to ask you, how does cir- the circulation in the body relate to um, our skin and um, our beauty, and what are some ways we could increase our circulation? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, circulation is key because it's about the blood systems and the lymphatic systems. Um, so generally, you know, the it's very general, but the blood's bringing nutrients and kind of like a chi or an energy to an area, and then the lymph is cleaning it and taking taking debris away from an area. And so you really want to have that system flowing so that 
things are functioning and so that, you know, even your fit, your face, um, isn't getting drained of like its natural color because, you know, you don't have enough stuff, cheese circulating through the body. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's going to be important just cause that's even going to take care of a natural exfoliation that again, it's happening on a microscopic level. You're not going to be aware of it. Um, but that's going to be bringing nutrients to those cells and just making everything happier and functioning more. And the lymphatic system is connected to the skin and the immune system, and it sits just below the surface of the skin. So they're very intimately connected, but it's so just below the skin that to activate it, to stimulate it, where you're touching the skin almost like, you know, gentler than petting a cat. And, um, you know, like if your massages are great, but that's not going to get to your lymph system. It's probably going to help your circulation, but a lymphatic massage is quite different. And, and, um, even though it feels really light to the touch and you're like, Hey, is anything, is anything (laughs) happening? It, it is. And you would, you'll, you would notice like, um, puffiness would be, you know, uh, calm down. You would probably might have to, um, pee more after that kind of a massage because everything's being released from the body. Mm -hmm. So that's a great thing to do. And there was some fun hygienist man that lived like over a hundred years. Wow. And he wrote a book. I don't know. I think it was in the thirties. I'll have to find it again. I lost it. We had a fire, but he, um, he, he swore by like living a hundred years from his dry brushing and then jumping into like cold rivers and lakes. So yeah, so it's really good practice before a bath or a shower to dry brush. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, for years, it it took many years to find that dry brush that I really love. And I did find like, it's like gentle, but, but it has enough action. Cause again, like you're not like going to town on your skin. Some people think dry brushing is like a new way to exfoliate, but again, you're just, you're brushing, you're going for you. I start at my feet. Some people do it different ways, but I start at my feet and just you, all the strokes are up, up, up towards the heart, mm-hmm. you know, so you do your legs, your torso, your breasts, you're going up towards the heart, the hands, the arms, you're going up towards the heart. And, uh, you don't really need to do your face. If you've done everywhere else, your fit, you know, your face will, be affected. Even people that do that daily, even it it helps to lessen their um, clogged pores and blackheads and that kind of thing. So to amplify and upgrade that experience, there's another brush that we have that actually has like copper bristles. They're very fine. Oh wow! So it's not rougher in any way, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it really is energizing. It works off the ions in the body. And then to upgrade both of those, any kind of dry brush you have, you just put, we make a, a blend called Verve Tonic which is rosemary, cypress, eucalyptus, and yarrow. And you put one drop in the palm of your hand and then you glide the dry brush over that. And then you do your dry brush as usual. And then all those oils really help to um, activate and stimulate the lymphatic system. Wow, and that that helps with um, the dreaded cellulite as well. Yes, it does. And even um, spider veins and varicose veins. For those, you would just take a drop and gently touch the vein area, but mm-hmm. you don't need to massage it. And you certainly don't want to dry brush that area very hard. Mm-hmm. And if there is weakness in the veins and those things are starting to appear, you want to do that, but then also look at increasing vitamin C and then working with herbs like horsetail or butcher's broom, mm-hmm. which are going to help strengthen the vein walls. Okay. And um, how do you feel about saunas? Is that a good way to um, 
to stimulate the lymphatic system as well or and to absolutely yeah that's a great thing to do and I would dry brush before the sauna even Mm -hmm. and yeah sweating is so good and you know going into cold water or alternating between cold and hot water all of those things are really stimulating to the spirit because mm-hmm. again, we're like, those are things that are working more on an elemental level, right? right. We're working with temperature and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about um, red light infrared therapy. Have you heard of that at all? It's, I have yeah. heard of that. Yeah, I wanted to know what you what you thought about that, if that's something that is good for the skin or um, if you kind of avoid it because it's technology. So... Um, is it, is it, it's, it's not as natural maybe, I don't know. So I was wondering what, what were your thoughts about that? Well, I think, you know, the day and age, I mean, there's off awesome advances in technology that can really be for our health and, and all, because we're not living like a thousand years ago. Uh-huh. So we have, so we definitely need those moments. Right. Mm-hmm. And that way, you know, I can, we can use shipping to ship you the libations yeah. or I get my raw materials. So it's that part's okay. And also we have been cut, cut we have sequestered ourselves from the celestial spheres, from the mm-hmm. elements and infrared is a beautiful, um, gift from the sun mm-hmm. and we're not doing that as much. So I haven't personally worked with that, but mm-hmm. it does. Infrared therapy is so useful for so many things. And mm-hmm. I do understand that it is useful for acne Mm-hmm. Now, then there would just be the quality of the equipment that one is buying. Right. And that I, I can't quite speak to yet, but I would definitely do research in that area and not just get something that's, you know, right. quickly made in China. Yes. And then there's also like there's <laughs> there's little wands and stuff. Yeah. But I've also seen full body. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ones, uh, you know, I don't know. Biohacking world would have. Mm-hmm. I think my friend Luke's story. Uh, he, does. he does a podcast. I've used, yeah, I've used his. It's pretty oh, cool. Perfect. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Now that's where I would I would say like get that instead of the small wand. Yeah. Do your whole body because it it's supposed to also help you know um, psychologically you know or moods yeah. especially uh, in the winter mm-hmm. when when people don't have as much access to the sun. Yeah. Um, so what are your three favorite beauty biohacks, supplemental, technological, nutritional, spiritual, what are your three favorite ways to biohack your beauty? Um, the sun, which we've talked about Mm -hmm. is probably number one. It's just the magic of its relationship to our skin. I think uh, people will discover more and more as they get out there. Pure water. Mm-hmm. And you've got to take it down to the basic levels, right? Drinking yeah. it, bathing in it, however you can, you know, clean up your water that's coming out of your tap. And then if that's hard, um, then, you know, I would then I would get like a bottle of spring water and just keep that in the bathroom for washing your face. It would take a while to go through with it, right? Because you could just put that on your face cloth and stuff. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, just get as pure as you can with the water and gut health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whether that's, you know, probiotics, uh, doing, you know, clearing up leaky gut through eliminating things like gluten and corn from your diet, um, having colonics, if you've never had one, you know, it was whatever's going on mm-hmm. for you and your gut, um, tune it up. Cause that is just key. Those are some of the root causes that can 
be a great foundation if you have those three things in order. Yeah, those are awesome. I love those. All three of those are great. Um, <laughs> I would like to ask you, what is your personal definition of beauty? Hmm. I feel like beauty is a communion. It's not something that we apply. You know, it's a, it's a communion and it is felt in those moments when we're not. And that's like the, the part where I mean when we're not is when you're so in the present moment, you're engaged, that you've been taken out of the stream of your thoughts and you're in that moment and you're engaging with what, you know, if you're looking at a beautiful flower or a beautiful face or you're having a beautiful experience. So it's a communion. That's beautiful. Thank you. Nadine, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. Um, I would love to ask you to share where people can find your um, incredible book, Renegade Beauty. Um, oh, and also, where can people connect with you? So where can people find your book and how can people connect with you? Sure. Um, we have our website, which is livinglibations.com, and Renegade Beauty is on there. It's also on all the normal websites of like Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and such. So that's where you can get the book. And then we have all our regular social media channels. I've got lots of YouTubes, uh, YouTube's videos on YouTube <laughs> and Facebook. And then my favorite and where I post personally, is uh, Instagram, Living Libations on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Nadine. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I have to say it was such an honor to connect with Nadine. It was a dream come true to have such a dynamic, authentic woman as my very first guest on Biohack Your Beauty. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and the people you love because it could be the thing that gets them to make that one lifestyle change that makes a difference. And it might just be something that they really enjoy listening to. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe. And if you want to be extra supportive, you can leave a review and a rating. It's super easy. Just scroll down to the bottom right and click on the little dots and you'll see leave a review. Please tune into the next show, episode two with Dr. Rafael Gonzalez. We will be covering everything you've ever wanted to know about stem cells and stem cell therapy. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful week.